Hello, and welcome to another episode of Philosophive. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I have with me Prem Das. He's a heretical monk, as he would say, and a teacher of Dharma meditation, amongst many other teachings. Hello, Prem. Hello. Can I say that, Prem? Or do I always have, I mean, yeah. that, uh, a lot of people call me Prem. Okay, cool, Prem. Uh, I found out about you through the Tik Nhat Han uh, Facebook page, uh, which you actually created. Uh, beautiful uh, information there that uh, yeah, I found very valuable, especially when you were doing like videos and presenting yourself and your meditations. I found them very, very impactful. That's why I was like, okay, I, this guy is somebody I like to have on my podcast, reach out to him, see what he's, what he's about. Uh, yeah. And so I'm very happy that you can make the time. Um, so I'm maybe happy can, to talk with you. Definitely, man. Uh, and how are you feeling? Feeling pretty good this morning. I, I got back from playing in my swamp. I've been building a walking meditation trail. I go out there at sunrise. So yeah, good morning. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I see that with your uh, your videos. You often show the the a lot of your neighborhood forests, and um, you talk about a, a Buddha gang, correct? Um, yeah. What Buddha is that? Gang. It's a community of good friends. We all we take refuge in full spectrum Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, mm -hmm. and we commit to the five precepts. And then after that, we get a Buddha gang name and bring people into a chat group where we talk about our lives and the Dharma. Hmm. And so that's like a, a more closed group than the actual Facebook page with the Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, yeah, we have a, a team of moderators. So mm -hmm. we run a few groups. There's like the Buddha gang group, which is kind of our home base. And then Teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh is our biggest group. And we run a couple pages. One's called No Truth with a G, G-N-O, Truth. And one's called Engaged Buddhist News. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, what is your, what is your background? Because obviously when I see these videos, I'm just, I mean, it's like in the moment and I don't even know who really you are, but I'm like obviously captivated by your presence. Uh, obviously, you've had some sort of training in uh, Buddhism, and or is that self-taught? Yeah. Well, when I was about 15, I was pretty depressed, and my mom saw Thich Nhat Hanh on Oprah, and she was uh, really stoked on him. So she bought me a book, Living Buddha, Living Christ, and the book caught me, and I kept going, kept studying Thich Nhat Hanh's teaching, but then eventually... I came across a local Vietnamese Buddhist community and made friends with the monks and meditated with them every day for years and talked about stuff. I learned a lot from them. They're mostly Pure Land Buddhists, but there's also Zen Buddhism incorporated in there. So, Thich Nhat Hanh gave Pure Land. What is Pure Land Buddhism? I'm not familiar with that term. Uh, Pureland Buddhism is a, a type of Buddhism that focuses on devotion to Amitabha Buddha. This is the Buddha of infinite light or infinite life. It, it's not so popular in the West yet, but it's really popular in the East. 
And there are some parallels, you know, between Pure Land Buddhism and Christianity. There's this devotion aspect. Mm. So I enjoy some of that. But yeah, I deviate a little bit. That's why I call myself a heretic. <laughs> I I deviate from all the schools, the solidified schools. I like that. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I feel like we're so, every way, everybody's path is so unique, you know, and it's, there's nothing that can classify us. I mean, I think we can follow certain teachings to a certain degree, but, you know, they're like stepping stones that, that we yeah. piecemeal together. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, be appreciative, of course, for all the, the sources of this information, but, you know, holding rigorously to this is the way it's supposed to be has been to the detriment of, uh, you know, I think many religions and and and, and, and creeds yeah and that's why dogma I dogma and orthodoxy kind of uh try to avoid that kind of stuff yeah i mean in the end uh, we know that we exist and uh the infinite now everything is possible but you know when we get into like the specifics of like how things are supposed to be you know it's 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 it has to be this way not that way um, yeah the yin the yang yeah well there's this concept in buddhism uh, upaya kashalya which is a skillful expedience because we're all so unique like many unique teachings will help us along our path so buddhas and bodhisattvas present infinite paths infinite methods and views to help all of us infinitely unique beings progress toward buddhahood so that, that you reminded me of that i did in what way i mean like the way, what i just said or what you just said yeah yeah okay uh the actually well, for like for me you know in high school and, and i don't know if you read this um but it was like standard reason, reading for a lot of english classes was uh, siddhartha by herman hesse Hess. did you read that in high school as well i did isn't I that awesome? It. I mean, like that, that I was to be introduced, you know, the high schools are not so bad if they, they gave, you know, that was a wonderful work that kind of also introduced me to this the Buddhistic life uh, and, and who Buddha is, at least an interpretation of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not exactly historical, but it is a wonderful no. representation of the essence of Buddha. Mm. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I remember reading that and so what, many times and you know I, I it does you know i like cameron hesse as a writer as well and his other other stuff and uh it did open my mind a little bit to because i come from a bit of more of a, a christian background and i was mm -hmm. uh, you know drawn to spirituality and uh now it's more you know i really like you not with the dogma but uh taking a little bit from here and there what, what, I, what i feel i i kind of resonate with and i and for you i like when i was watching you i i, I resonate with people of a great presence especially when meditating i saw that you do like uh you'd read uh, like a passage from a book and which i thought that was very cool and i maybe give your interpretation to that and then you would like at the end like 20 minutes just meditating look into the camera <laughs> yeah you know, and that was you know if if if, if you were like meditating on our side as the viewers it's really cool kind of experience because it's like you know a trans-dimensional quantum kind of state you know 
everything. We're together, yeah. Exactly. Together, yeah. Spanning vast distance, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes asynchronously because people watch the videos after they're live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like, I feel the presence of the people. I love those meditations. For a while, I was doing them every day. I keep trying to get back into that routine, but uh, things happen. What does, Buddha say, what does Buddha say about trying? <laughs> ah. What is the Buddhist teaching on trying? I'm curious. Well, before he died, he said, strive on because all conditioned things, all things that have come together will fall apart. So, and that's a major emphasis. And in Mahayana Buddhism, we have the paramita of uh, energy or uh, effort. Mm -hmm. So there's a, the perfection of effort. Mm -hmm. So there is uh, trying is important. <laughs> right. I mean, without expectation, perhaps, you know, like, yeah, uh, because that's what seems to stop. I mean, in my own life, when I'm like, when I do something and I start to in my mind envision what it could be and it doesn't quite you know i can defeat myself before i even try because i'm i'm setting the bar a bit too high or you know mm. and i think especially with meditating you know which you have a lot of experience with in the beginning it's obviously it is a bit tough to get into that habit because you're like uh when is this going to work <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it does eventually, you know, when you get to that, when you can literally step back from your thoughts and you're like, oh, wow, now I kind of understand what all these great teachers were talking about. Yeah. And, uh, I, try to, I try to keep the explanations of the meditations really simple. Like I try to, you know, there's many different kinds of meditation described in many different ways, but the Buddha often focused on breathing mindfully. And so I just present the, the first stage of just knowing we're breathing in when we're breathing in, knowing we're breathing out when we're breathing out. And at first, this is kind of like intellectual knowing. I know I'm breathing in. But eventually, it becomes this direct experience of breathing in, direct experience of breathing out. And I like that uh, example of like, there's an exotic fruit. You want to describe the flavor to a friend. You can use all the words, all the different combinations of words to try to describe this. But if your friend's never tasted that fruit, she won't know what the fruit tastes like, no matter how many words you put out there. But if you hand the fruit to her, she'll uh, be able to taste it for herself. And so I, mm. I that's why I do these videos is like, this is, this is meditation, you know, give it a try and keep it simple. And you'll see for yourself, the rest of the, the Buddhist system will emerge out from this basic first step. Mm. That's beautiful, a beautiful uh, metaphor. Just like, uh, it is literally that I think it's, how do you, I mean, maybe even like describe to somebody who is blind, you know, some, a color of some sort, you know, or mm -hmm. you know, like put glasses on somebody and then they, they can see a bit clearly. It, they were not in this respect. It's, I, I think meditation perhaps is, you know, it's about that clarity because everything, you know, there's, it's no right or wrong. It's just like some, you're, some people are seeing things in a certain light and some people are seeing things in another light. And 
that affects their whole life. And if they knew or people know how impactful their thoughts are and, and mm -hmm. that's such a gift that they give themselves, uh, you know, they, I think they get curious and they watch, they see you, people like you on, on Facebook. Are you also on YouTube or? Um, I don't spend much time on YouTube, but mm. I have a bunch of videos up there. I mm. just, uh, I don't work so much on, on that. I like the Facebook mm. aspect because I get to like interact with people on a more personal level. I, they're my friends. I see what happens in their lives. I'm able to comment on, you know, their sadness and happiness. And so I like Facebook for that reason. No, oh, the social aspect definitely. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the fact, yeah, that when you do these live things, it's like that has an extra bonus of like, okay, if somebody even is like maybe lonely or feeling depressed, that is a nice extra to know that they, that somebody's also in that moment with them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you may not be aware of it, but you're probably aware of the, other, the presence of others. And I think um, there's an extra energy. I found that like with meditation also in classes or with others, there's, there's also a bit of a raising of intensity. Um, yeah of the energy and uh yeah that's a, a great service you're doing uh may i ask like the take not han is there like any does he have his own system as well of that he of meditation that uh yeah he focuses a lot on mindfulness like knowing what we're doing when we're doing it mm -hmm. and as we as we continue living mindfully like our conduct naturally tends toward wholesome conduct it's more difficult to lie and cheat and steal when you're like actually aware of what you're doing so he focuses a lot on mindfulness and breathing meditation and i've been heavily influenced by him and so i try to present this system in a way that makes sense to me but I'm not like officially affiliated with Thich Nhat Hanh's group of monasteries. I'm just a fan. Yeah. I mean, he's a, you know, I just, before we had this episode, I just watched, actually I watched uh, quickly um, his interview with Oprah, more recent one, I think though, than the one you saw. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Like uh, obviously he was also nominated by Martin Luther King for the Nobel Peace yeah. Prize and a lot of, you know, a very humble guy, but like so much power, so much presence, you know, and that people are like the small man, you know, how he, you know, in a, in a room, his charisma without even saying anything, you can just like see it, you know, like, man, I think people want, they want that. They want to find a way to get there and they're like, okay, does this mean I have to join a monastery? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that, does it? I don't think so. Although he does have monasteries around the world and people are ordained as monks, uh, he opens up Buddhism to the Western world, invites us in, in in ways that we, you know, will be able to understand the essence of Buddhism without getting lost in the technical terms of the various schools that have emerged. And he also is a, a creator or he coined the term engaged Buddhism during the war in Vietnam. He saw Buddhists like not engaging the suffering of the people. And so he worked to 
bring Buddhism out of the temples and to the people who are suffering. Mm. And in our groups, we, we get a lot of content that's like really nice, like nice memes, nice quotes and all the happy stuff. But he also focuses on political issues and social justice. And we, we try to bring this into our groups, but we get a lot of pushback. People seem to only want to see the, the rainbows and the unicorns, <laughs> but there it's political. It's a, we have views on what's happening. We try to determine whether our leaders are acting with wholesome intention or unwholesome intention. We speak up against injustice. So there's a there's that political aspect too that people don't often want to focus on. Mm. Yeah, I know he actually had a lot of pushback from his own country. Uh, he was uh, the interviewer was saying that he was exiled for like 35 years around. I think. Uh, yeah. That's pretty intense. He wouldn't take sides. Mm. And the Vietnamese supported by the U.S. like exiled him. Mm. It it wasn't the communists. <laughs> so. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. No, it's, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, a lot, it's funny how people like him with the Dalai Lama, like with China, how it reacts to him, like calls him the devil or, you know, it's like, you know, it's like such the opposite of what other people see on him. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. This is definitely a bit of a smear campaign. Uh, and, but they do have the idea of a fear of, hmm, you know, the political system does, can have an intrinsic fear of individuals kind of like taking a step back and saying, we're not going to do this anymore. You know, we're kind of also opting out of the, the social norm. We're going to say, okay, you know, um, I'm like, he maybe not even taking sides, you know, that's not even acceptable for a lot of people. They're like, you know, you have to take a side, you know, mm. and by not making that choice or choosing, making that choice, you're going to, you know, uh, endanger, the system somehow, you know, bring it, make it, give people a third option, which, you know, we always have, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, I don't know that, that, that I feel like, um, yeah, that, that for me, I feel like the, the, I don't know if the teachings of Buddhism would be like this, but there's a, we do have this injustice going on and it's definitely there. At the same time, people are becoming more aware. I believe that this is this is the real uh, goal. I think that, that people become more um, just conscious beings. And like you said before, by being so, they have no need to lie, cheat, and steal, or take from others. It's just not, it doesn't come into your frame of reference. It's like, it's um, that, that shift that happens. So um, I'm really, excited when I see people like yourself and others who are just like putting themselves out there showing that, you know, that, that, that you know, when one is in alignment, one can have so much presence that you don't even have to say anything. People will just notice it, you know, and they come like with me, I just noticed that and I knew, okay. Okay. Good. So I'll, yeah, but I'll cut that. That's no, no issue. Um, Sweet. But uh, even we can, um, I don't know what we're, what we're talking about exactly. Just like, uh, yeah, the general, yeah, 
a rising of consciousness. I feel like that's the solution to all our quote unquote problems that, and also the, the idea that, you know, there are certain individuals who are, how we say they're not, they're making a bit of a mockery of the system too and their behavior, right? So they're showing us a little bit like, who are you gonna trust in here? Are you really gonna trust in, in that? Or in that it was always kind of broken in my opinion, the, the system, you know? And, mm -hmm. and uh, something that maybe in other ways coming up where like you and your Buddha gang and other collectives of just natural flow and exchange and you know, without expectation of, you know, that somebody has to be a certain way, you know, just respectful, but allowing. And I feel like that's, that's maybe going to be more and more uh, feeding into our overall systems of, of um, you know, political, economic, whatever. Yeah. A diverse group is a healthy group. Sees, mm. sees situations from many perspectives. Mm. So it's able to respond in more sane ways but yeah when i uh assess political stuff i i look back at the buddha called a uh, brahma viharas so we have love is meta and that's like the wish and the action to see beings happy and thriving then we have compassion karuna and this is the wish and action that helps to dismantle being suffering. And then there's sympathetic joy, mudita. And this is the joy we feel when we see others thriving and free of suffering. And the last is impartiality or equanimity, so upeka. And this is that love, compassion, and joy spread equally impartially so i look at policies and leaders and i wonder like is this love is is this compassion if if these people are are thriving are are my leaders happy do they do their policies uh, try to help the the most amount of people with impar impartiality and yeah that's just People expect Buddhists to kind of like not talk about politics and stuff. But I think with these Brahma Viharas, or also they're also called the four immeasurables. I think we can use them as a tool to assess policies and behavior. Yeah, I think that um, as long as, for, if as long doesn't sacrifice one's own alignment, I feel like when one goes to that negative stream of thought, like, to that level, you know, which often political debate is sometimes it's just like, you know, muck throwing back and forth. And like, that's not yeah. the level that benefits anybody It's from that higher level, which is like, okay, like you said, the, the differences is a really a difference, you know, okay, wh where do we have common ground? And, and, you know, we're all in the end discovering that we're, we're part of the one. I mean, I, yeah. I believe that all of us are. I believe that Donald Trump, everybody is experiencing at this time in our history, something inside of them that's calling. Um, you can put it down as much as you want, but um, it is literally unstoppable. I mean, it's going to take maybe some time before it's ever present or, you know, whatever that. Yeah. But it, the momentum is definitely there.
yeah, humanity has experienced some massive change over the course of the last 20 years, 100 years. Something new is arising out of this chaos. Mm. And hopefully we can highlight, bring out the wholesome aspects and calm down the unwholesome aspects that calm down the three poisons, greed, hatred, and delusion. So, yeah, I feel this, I feel this transformation too, but I'm also like worried, (laughs) worried about what's going to happen. And recently, uh, I heard the news, uh, Trump was diagnosed with the COVID disease. And so I wrote a post about it on our Engaged Buddhist News. And I'm not a huge fan of Trump, but I use this as an opportunity to be like, we may not agree with his policies and we may not condone his conduct but like this the impartiality aspect of the brahma viharas like demands that we uh love trump too and if we can get into that state of mind where we love him we don't agree with him we don't need to tolerate all this stuff but we're not harboring hatred or resentment and so our minds are more clear we're able to respond to the craziness in more skillful ways. So, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that post, but (laughs) a lot of people are angry at Trump. And it makes sense. Some people love the post. That's just how it goes. No one is always praised. No one is always blamed. No, uh, but yeah, that, that, that came from a good place that you put it out there. I think that that, and that's the challenge that we came here for growth. We want to be challenged too. And that means like, our, you know, love your enemies. There's, yeah. there, there's power in that. There's that, that there, the greatest gift is in that darkness is in that, is that can we pull out of that? And um, I've always been surprised, you know, with people in my, in my biography also, like my, you know, some of the people you, don't expect certain things from you know in these in certain moments they they rise up you know and it's like oh wow um i don't know if trump's gonna rise up or not who knows <laughs> yeah I don't know. not holding out hope but maybe i don't know it's a possibility uh, yeah anything's possible definitely yeah. um i don't want to take too much of your time i know that uh it sounds like you have a bit your kids and everything and i heard a is that, was that a kid a baby in the background or was that uh, a cat? little kitty in the room just like a baby <laughs> yeah she's my baby one of my babies nice i see the cats also in the meditation sometimes like there's one where you're like meditating and from i think the the background mandala and yeah and then the and as you're meditating the the cat just lays out and starts licking itself yeah like, doing its own meditations like it's cats are like naturally in that state just like yeah chill she knows, she knows when i'm going to meditate and she'll run in there and try to get my attention lay with me and i could view that as a distraction you know like a a hindrance to my meditation but i could also view it as a mindfulness bell you know bringing me back to the pure land of the present moment Mm -hmm. here's a cat i notice that the cat is here i'm breathing in here's a cat 
I'm breathing out. Here's a cat, you know? <laughs> no, get it right to the base. Yeah, definitely. The, 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 um, I feel like a lot of, you know, I, I once uh, was renting a place um, from a guy who teach Tai Chi and he was into meditation and he was going to China do a meditative retreat for like six weeks. And so I could um, sublet his apartment for those six weeks. And, um, you know, when, when he came back, uh, I was maybe a couple minutes late to, you know, pick up, open the door for him and let him put his stuff away. And then uh, he, uh, he was so, I know it was a long flight, right? And yeah, I can imagine what's like to go from a, you know, some sort of like meditative retreat and then back to the chaos of the city. Uh, and he, he basically threw up his hands and ran down, walked down the street away from his own apartment, you know, like, he's like, just totally frustrated. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna leave your stuff here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like that, that sensitivity is interesting because like we're meant to live with others and in society, we're not, we can't go back to times in the, in the caves, you know, it's like, we're, we're, yeah. this presence aspect is literally, if you can do it in, you know, in your everyday life, you know, what a, you know, not just in the monastery, that's, that's something that's a level that few, few masters have achieved. You know, it's like, they always want to go back to, you know, to that, easy simple way of doing things and, and it's also simplistic as you said here like the cat comes and you know it's just we're feeding in more into that than needs to be there right so and, and i'm sure the cat adds to the meditation too right they're just you know they're not like barking dogs either i think they're more <laughs> yeah they like more. yeah yeah I, I totally hear you this is one of the main focuses of engaged Buddhism and Buddha gang, you know, we consider ourselves engaged Buddhists and main goal is to bring these teachings, which we think will be helpful for the world in this transition we're going through. Um, bring the teachings out from the temples off of the cushions and into the street. Mm. Like it is possible to live continually mindful like walking around you know you're walking around talking to a stranger you know you're talking to a stranger like this is my goal you know continual mindfulness but what do you mean by this is interesting like the way you phrase that like so are you like telling yourself your own story at the same time like this i, I mean well, how does that work with the is it anchor in that you're in the moment because you can say this is just a person i'm talking to there's not i'm not getting too wrapped up in in whatever else is happening yeah not getting wrapped up in uh the past notions or the future and working to directly experience the experience hmm. so meeting a stranger being with the stranger you know listening deeply to the stranger like i think this is mindfulness in action hmm. and if we all had a little bit more mindfulness, I believe the world would be a little bit more harmonious. But we have these, we have these uh, underlying motivations and we're driven by, you know, regrets from the past and anticipation and fear of the future. But if we can come back to the present moment and directly experience what's in front of our faces, 
good things happen. You know, our our conduct transforms. And just being listened to, being heard, feels good. So if we can provide that for people, mm. it's a gift. And mm. then it feels good to listen deeply to somebody. So it's a gift to ourselves as well. Yeah. It's awesome, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, and I get that. It's, um, yeah, and I'm very appreciative that you could take the time. Is there, uh, like, how do people find you? Can you maybe tell people what you're? Well, we have a website, uh, tekgno.org. But um, find me on Facebook. My, uh, I think my URL is like facebook.com slash Bodhisattva. Find us in our groups, Buddha Gang and Teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, or find us on our pages, Engaged Buddhist News is our newest one. Mm. Um, or email me at premdas at protonmail.com. <laughs> nice, cool. I'll actually I'll, I'll include all those links in the description as well. Okay. Uh, definitely i'm very i'm very appreciative and i hope people i'm positive that some people will check you out because i definitely highly recommend that uh and yeah, your videos and your, your message i think it's it's definitely has its it is the right time for these these teachings yeah well thank you for this opportunity i appreciate appreciate it definitely man <laughs> and uh yeah i wish you a wonderful day in um olympia washington now yeah, where are you? Germany's exactly uh, Leipzig, Germany, east eastern part of Germany. What are you doing there? Are you were you from there? No, I'm American. I'm actually from Connecticut. So I'm, uh, uh, you know, I have uh, I was uh, married to a German, and we're now separated, divorced. I have my kids here, and uh, you know, so there's a lot of reason why I'm here. It's always perfect, yeah. you know. But sometimes, like, how do yeah? We're always like. How did I get here? Actually, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's supposed to be, and that's the. It doesn't matter the how. It's just like literally accepted. That's where you're supposed to be, and you know if that changes, it will change. Yeah, we got a few Buddha game friends in Germany. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of. Um, I would say uh, influence uh, people looking to Buddhism here too, and these teachings uh, to, you know, embrace. And if, like at this, as you said, this you know, this time is calling up, you know, where people are looking towards the past for some help and for these methods and mindfulness. A very, very obviously a very old idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very, very natural state of being until modern man. I think. I mean, there was it was just like our natural. Oh, there's a deer. You know, I'm hungry. Yeah. Here, but now it's like you know. Oh, what about what about the you know? Am I really hungry? Uh, you know, <laughs> What does my wife think about this? <laughs> yeah. Is this included in my diet? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, it's definitely caught, but there's so much, I think, uh, if one does find one's middle, um, there are so many new experiences that perhaps we're learning as a society that we couldn't in our hunter gatherer stages, you know, like the, the Native Americans, they were, they didn't have any dates, you know, you know, it was like, you know, but we can't go back to that anymore. We're 
kind of in this setup, yeah. you know, of, of Google calendars and, <laughs> you know, which does it for you too, which is for people like me, you know, it's like uh, all these new, the technology is making a solution for people who are not so organized, you know, and like, it's just like, I don't have to think anymore either. So it's kind of, you know, yeah, I feel like there's, there is a solution in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I'm disorganized to the extreme, but things help it all come together and things work out, I guess. <laughs> I know. And the creativity comes out of that, you know, and, and people take notice of it. And, you know, that's where the new has to come from, you know, a state of a bit of chaos or a disruption of the old. And, um, but yeah, I feel like there's, there's a, there's something being built, you know, out of this chaos of the moment uh, that, that, you know, a new kind of way of doing things. And I think what you said that being in the moment and presence is going to be uh, the, the norm, hopefully maybe a couple hundred years. I don't know, but uh, awesome. Step Dude. by step. Get there. All right. Well, have a great, great day. You too. Thank you.